What's up? She, what a magnificent Hello. raisin. Purp- purpose. Purp- raisin. raisin. Raisin Man Arena. She moves with a raisin. Oh. I thought that person was texting texting chicks as they were uh, as they were doing the Rubik's Cube, which I thought was very cool. That's a cool trick. <laughs> yeah. You up? Exactly. You up? Confirming plot time and places for dates. Guys! <laughs> Sarah's back. Hey, wait! <coughs> you were up? back last week. No, well, I got you, back last night. You were back on the. You were back oh. on the stream. So for <laughs> so for people who aren't in New York, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, and even for most people who are in New York, it doesn't matter. You, I won't be seeing you. It's yeah. true. You're you're really dutifully quarantining, sticking yeah. sticking to <laughs> how this should be done. <laughs> I, I came into tonight's podcast episode with an extremely bad energy and got mad at Felipe about half an hour ago for trying to convince me that I wasn't going to get coronavirus um, this winter. But I'm running the numbers and I think I, I am going to well, get it. I, so. I, I was in that I was in that uh, complicated situation where somebody is like <laughs> something bad is going to happen. And then you can either say, no, it's not and give credible <laughs> proof. But that's going to make them mad because they are convinced that something or you can just say, yeah, it sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah, and so Felipe was being a contrarian, and, and it and it made me mad. I, Sarah, uh, what I've learned from Sarah is that she she believes the truth is a bitter pill that's worth <laughs> swallowing. It, it is, and no, it should always be the bitterest thing you can think of. You should exactly. try to. Yeah, the more it yes. hurts, the more real that. it is. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yes. An epistemology of pain. Yes, I do. I do think though that um, that none of the. None of the evidence you gave that we would get COVID was really conclusive. It was mostly it was mostly anecdotal. It was it and, was feelings, not facts. And even the anecdotal evidence wasn't convincing. I was like, Felipe, so many people we know already had it. They just never talked about it. And, and then you I told listed, me you told me two, and one of them you couldn't remember their name. <laughs> and then you didn't accept that, and I was gonna be like, well, that's just anecdotal. But yeah, <laughs> it wasn't even a good story. I don't and know. It sucks too, Sarah, because you've kind of already (laughs) done the work, so to speak, of getting coronavirus without having gotten it. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. It feels extremely real to me. The possibility of just walking into the doctor's office, they test you, and then just someone announcing that you have it. Like Most people don't know what that 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 experience can happen to anyone at any time and it's scary right yeah. arguably the worst part about coronavirus is is finding out you have it and then not being well right because any amount like even if it's really mild you're like this could get worse yeah i guess the thing that i'm dreading this is what i was trying to say to felipe is just like all winter long getting text messages that are like oh uh sam heard that this girl he hooked up with last week her roommate has a cough and she's gonna get tested right. and then she'll let us like shit like that i'm like i just can't deal with that Wait, me when you said sam like that's me like you like if you hook up with someone and then their roommate gets a cough and then i have to hear about it and then like go get you would yeah. you would never hear it from me sarah because <laughs> i would keep no, that dude, kind of because you're not, cause you're not you. hooking up because you're not hooking up that was yes. hypothetical and it wasn't in something exactly. specific because you're, you're yeah, getting that's true. no that's pussy. true this is a no pussy getting house yeah. for yeah. the next eight, nine months. <laughs> Given Sam, the way my room is set up, honestly, probably so. <laughs> what is that strap that you're wearing? Oh, I just have like a like a a, a Glock, a Glock nine. <laughs> yeah. 
and that, and the <laughs> other one's a, a strap on dildo <laughs> on the other side. Um, no, dude, your room looks like shit, but you do get people in there. But it, they don't see your room when you're on the date, so you it's kind of like a trap. By the time they get to yeah. your room, they go, "Oh, if I'd known, that, oh, this is the room. Yes. Oh, crap. Yes, <laughs> that's what. But by, by that right. time, it's too I late." Know. Yeah, I know that's it's, how I feel. If I'm already at the room, the room would have to be pretty bad for me at that point to back out. Like, decision's been made. Well, let me ask yes, you this, Yes, I've though. lured them in with my silver tongue and my handsome looks. <laughs> let me ask you this, okay. This is a room you'd think is good, but it's actually bad. You go in. It's the bed that has kind of like a, a roof of, like, made out of cloth. You know, the kind of, like, um kind of renaissance. Like, it has, like, curtains and it has uh, columns that mm. create, like, a sort of awning. Everything is gold, so like molding. There's like everything is made out of red velvet and gold. Mm, sounds beautiful. Yes. Would you like yes. that? Yes. <laughs> of course. That's what women love. They no, love like wonderful. shiny it's like, things It's a 23 year old boy. <laughs> and he has all that stuff. Mm, yes. Uh, a, a bookcase made out of mahogany. Um, <laughs> yes. Statues, classical statues of like men throwing discus, but they're naked. Mm. Yes. And like an overstuffed little like cushion um uh t- table that I sit on, like a little chair that I sit on. And mm. it goes into a huge mirror that that's like that has um a silver silver uh exterior around it. Yeah. Yeah. Um and mm. then a little and a long a pearl-handled comb. And, yeah, and it, it's where I comb my hair. Would you fuck that guy? Yeah, I definitely would. I would. I wouldn't judge a person based on the stuff they have. You wouldn't. <laughs> you wouldn't say. Not. You wouldn't say. Why do you have this stuff? You're 23. Nah. Everyone has different stuff, and it's just random. And and I, we can't help it. I have a lot of stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, but stuff, stuff. There's a there's an oil painting of them up. Do you like and a little? A little room attendant who waits yes. on the room. Yes, a room yeah. attendant. So it's clean. It's really clean. This guy has his shit together, but he's 23 and he has all that shit. That's that's, that's some. That's the hand you get dealt sometimes. I don't know. Yeah, what what to say? And yeah. and he lives in Ridgewood. So the in like the outside is just like a regular like Ridgewood house, but that's mm-hmm. what his room looks like. That's what his room looks like. Hmm. And the living room's normal. Kitchen's normal. Everything else is normal. <laughs> That's cool. Well, you would fuck someone cool. in a room like that. Yeah, absolutely. It would be I'd want to go back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe there's a gender thing. <laughs> and when I paid, when when the, when I paid for like our drinks at the bar, I took out my wallet and it was like a little shell. <laughs> that I opened. That's what gave you away that the room okay, was okay, going to okay, look weird. But on the other hand, you go into a guy's room. He's really cool, but he has like mattress on the floor, shit strewn about. But he's like a cool artist. So you'd think that's bad, but actually you'd be like, mm, this guy's really cool. Hmm. Yeah, that's a classic thing. Mattress on the floor guy. Uh, again, it's just uh, to me, stuff, stuff. I don't know. I can't imagine. I can't. I don't imagine what because to me, what you're wearing is like coming up with the excuse for how to leave. And I find like exiting situations or explaining why I, why I need to go to be so uncomfortable that unless I could really think of something to say to go, I wouldn't be able to do it. I would go through with almost anything. Wow. You wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. I guess. I'm, yeah. 
Fair. So you're not one of the like, this guy doesn't have a bed frame, I'm out. Yeah, definitely not. This guy doesn't have a bed frame, but a big swastika poster, maybe you'd be out then. Then maybe I'd, we'd say something. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Just. But it's a Buddhist sign. Yes, it's true. It is a Buddhist <laughs> sign. I would ask first. <laughs> yeah, which one he meant it. Yeah. Or, yes. <laughs> you walk in, swastika poster, like like German World War II uniforms on mannequins all around, like guns. And then you look at the swastika poster and you say, are you Buddhist by any chance? <laughs> um, I think it's okay. I think you're right. Any, any room is any room. But if you like the person, whatever they have looks good, right? If they're cool and put together and hot, then a shitty room, you're like, this person's too cool for stuff. Exactly. I'm sure there's an explanation yeah. why they don't have stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm slowly working on my thing. I, I'll have you know, people, and if, if there's anyone in the chats, uh, you know, who wants to sleep with me, I am. I both have a nice room and am a cool artist. So, and I'm also dabbled in Buddhism. <laughs> can you stand back so, so we can see all, what, what shirt you're wearing? Size. What shirt are you wearing? Real tree camo. Real tree camo shirt. Very nice. Long sleeve. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I can't be seen. Mm -hmm. When I come in, Felipe, and steal your cord so I can podcast. It's Mr. Steal Your Cord. <laughs> what do you think about that? I like that. I thought that was cute. <laughs> it's Mr. Steal Your Cord. <laughs> Felipe, your shirt matches your background. For I'd say maybe one of the first times. A, hmm. a serendipitous accident. I'm wearing a kind of striped... Uh, Candyman shirt. It's white with mm. little red stripes, and I'm in front of a tropical background. So you guys just moved, but Felipe took his tropical atmosphere with him. I to moved the, new the tropical. I put it in the U-Haul. <laughs> <laughs> I put the Bahamas in the U-Haul. How was your moving day? Awful. Oh. <laughs> Crap. It was horrible. Crap. Oh, I'm sorry. Really, the worst. I, I will say this: like, I have forgotten Felipe in what in what uh, dire straits we lived our life before we before we moved into Livia's apartment. Why? Like, like we really got by owning almost nothing. <laughs> totally, no, totally. And, now that we're like, because okay, so basically, I the big story for me is that i feel like i'm emerging from a cocoon i've decided to grow up and start getting like furnishing my room so it looks nice up till now mm. me and sam have been like all target wire and plastic furniture <laughs> right are you making a face because you don't agree that that's you sam no 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 that that's true that's true barren walls nothing and uh, now i'm like let's but now that we're finally doing it i'm like oh i can't believe we lived the other mm. way that's so funny. Wire and plastic furniture. You're like um, in that experiment with the monkeys where yes. there's like the cloth mom and the wire mom. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You're just used to the wire but mom. It, yeah. It's what makes you a genius. It like makes you an evil genius <laughs> podcaster. <laughs> I don't have time for the cloth mom. I want the wire mom so I can be on the exactly. computer more. <laughs> you get too comfortable and you feel too good laying down. Yeah. Enjoying yourself. Well, you don't I, work. I was reflecting we, on the thing. We just have... Adirond like wicker Adirondack chairs like, in our apartment. <laughs> I was I was reflecting on uh, a thing. You know how sometimes you have a sentence in your head and you don't realize that it's been 
controlling your whole life until you sort of stop for a second. I don't know anything about that. Once I give you the example, you'll know what I mean. I realized the sentence popped into my head and I thought, oh, I've been living by that sentence these last three, four years. Uh, I, I literally can't wait to hear what it is. My friend Simeon, who might be watching the chat, when he moved to New York, he said, I wanted all of my belongings to fit into one gym bag so I could move on a day's notice. And I th remember when I heard that, I thought, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Then that's been at your core. And everything else has been a function of that. I realized that years. that's been kind of an organizing principle. I'm like, I shouldn't buy too nice of stuff. I'm not. And I think there was some truth to it. It was always like, I'm not going to stay here permanently. This is short. And it was, we only stayed at every place we were at for like one, two years. Now that we got Will in the mix and it's the three amigos, I'm like, this is a place <laughs> I want to invest in. The place we're living in right now? Yeah, you think we're going to leave this? <laughs> um, I don't know. There isn't, I haven't figured out where to fit my bike. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of my bike's outside, I should bring it in later. And where will you put it when you say in? I don't know. Who's to say? Yeah. Well, hmm. I wonder what sent. I was going to say what sentence is at the uh, core of my how I live for the last three or four years. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. know what it is. Maybe maybe the sentence is um, he, uh, he's not the life of the party, but he'll be your friend forever. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I um this is probably like a, a year or more ago. I was hanging out with like uh, Mike and Langston and uh, Tom, my comedy friends from Philly. And they figured out that they all each have a mantra that they say to themselves all the time when something bad happens. That's a variation on, I hate myself. I want to die. <gasps> Me too. Um, Wait, what is you it? Have one too? Yeah, so do I. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what is it? What is it? They, one of them is I hate myself. I want to die. Another one is uh, kill yourself, kill yourself, kill yourself. And the third one, it was like, um, I, I want to be dead. I want to be dead. I want to be yes, dead. Yeah. I think I want to kill myself. <laughs> mm, you think that is like a mantra that you repeat to yourself? Yes. When I think of embarrassing stuff, I guess that's quite normal, wow. but do you I guess so. I don't have one of those though. <laughs> I, that's so I have funny a mantra. to hear that other people have that. <laughs> I, I was shocked boys. by it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sarah's, your, yours is one does not simply walk into oh, morning. Oh, <laughs> That's a little meme. <laughs> I wanted to give a shout out to Ian in the chat. He said, it's a trap, Admiral Akbar." Kind of in the same world. Nice. Of, that's of that that's, thing that's an interesting said. mantra. That's funny. Yeah. I have a mantra, a positive mantra that is more of a delusion. I don't even think this is a, you, like your know, mantra is supposed to be something like everything will be all right. But I say to myself, um, Hakuna Matata. <laughs> I say, everyone likes me. Life is so easy for me. <laughs> Wait, you you think that sentence more than I once that, a day? I think it to myself. Wow. Yes, I think it when when things are bad. I think that everyone likes me. Life is so easy for me. I don't know where where it comes from or, or why. And I don't believe it to be true. Um, but I just think it all the time. I used to have one. I used to have this mantra that I would say to myself often, and I don't know why I, it was a sentence that I would think throughout the day. And I've had tics throughout my life, like nervous tics, so it might be related to that. But it was a, I would often th think the sentence, yeah, I killed a guy once. <laughs> and I would imagine me saying it to people. Mm. I don't know why. I just, it was a thing that always came up. That's funny. Hmm. Yeah. Am I getting ready to do stand up mantra? I can't remember if I said this on the podcast before or not. Is, um, 
what are you talking about? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> I just, I practice saying that in the mirror before I do. Like a dismissive, what are you talking about? Or like, what are, what you, are you talking, talking about? about? I think most of the punchlines to my jokes are not the words, what are you talking about? But they're the tonality of like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Um, so I just say it again and again. Very insightful. <laughs> so you understand that the underpinning kind of philosophy of all your stuff. And so if you can access that <laughs> point of view. That's the core. Yeah. Around which the whole engine, the centrifuge operates is asking someone what what are you talking about yeah interesting i think the kind of the kind of core that i always wanted to reach was like a kind of curious like huh that was the kind of thing i wanted to reach on stage <laughs> really is that not what came across no that's funny just like because that's so gentle for like a, a stand-up comedian to just wanting to be get across huh. which is just a little breath of air Yes, oh. I wanted to. I wanted to it to feel that way, like 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 a like an idiot wondering. <laughs> I wanted funny. to make people in the audience laugh, <laughs> and and to make people feel good. I wanted and to forget yeah. their worries. I wanted and to, to make, get I and wanted, to buy more drinks at the bar. I wanted to make <laughs> them want to fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I do always think whenever like something romantically doesn't work out and like, well, I better get back to work on my art stuff then because <laughs> totally <laughs> this will totally. be the, this is my only path forward. Yeah, I think I think that being frustrated about uh, girls in was one of the like earliest sources of uh, of artistic energy for me. Mm. Was like I'll show them by making a really good cartoon. I mean, a version of that. Thing. Probably, probably not so spiteful. <laughs> I'll show them yeah, by making so a. The the thing girls like the most. <laughs> cartoons. They'll all see. They'll all see once I make my cartoon. <laughs> Little flash animations. Then they'll regret it. Yeah. I feel like it's been twenty minutes and we haven't talked about the b b b biggest news of the day. The big news of the day. Melania doesn't want to do the Christmas decorations at the White oh, House. Who I can't believe that. Who gives a fuck about Christmas, right? But I have to do them. But who gives a fuck who, about it? Who gives a fuck about the Christmas? I didn't even get what her point was in that call. It was supposed to be a big gotcha, but it was like, and they are asking about the border separations, but they didn't. It's because the liberal media was like, what the fuck is she talking about? It's crazy. It was crazy. It was funny <laughs> listening to her. It reminded me of um so I'm still watching Bachelor in Paradise and the episode I saw last night, I'm watching like an old season. Uh one of the new guys on the show reveals that uh he's done Molly in Las Vegas before and cool. this like <laughs> yeah, that is cool. <laughs> and that news like ripples out across the the Paradise Island. Um and like the girl that he's sort of seeing on the island like isn't there and doesn't hear it, but someone goes and tells her like, "Hey, I'm just looking out for you and I just want to protect you and I just want you to be safe. So I want you to know that uh the Zach has done Molly in Las Vegas before. Um, and like everyone is so shocked by it and people are like, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Like what is he doing? And I just like watching this, I was like, who are these people in real life? Who are these people in real life? They're on a reality TV show. They're drunk all day long. They're super jacked. And none of them do Molly in or Las no, Vegas. None of them can like... imagine a person doing Molly. And like it's so outside of the norm for them. Exactly. It just made me think like, I just can't categorize. Like I thought these were just like 
people I went to college with who were in fraternities that I would never have gone to the parties at. But those people do Molly. So like, who are these people? You think that that um, was just the work of the producers being like, we, there's nothing here. We have to. The we shock have to- seemed so genuine. They were doing like people were whispering to each other and they were having to subtitle it. And it was a girl being like, I've never done any drugs. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> what, <the fuck? laughs> what does Molly even do? Yeah. They were really freaking out. And so it just made me think, I have no idea like who these people are in real life. And then when I listened to the Melania tape, I had the similar feeling of just like, who is this woman in real life? Because like, there's only, you know, 15 different types of people yes, like Yanni and style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if I don't recognize a person as one of those people that I've already kind of met or know, I just don't get it. Like who, who is Melania in real life? I'll be honest. I actually liked her more after hearing that recording. I was like, oh, Me she too. swears. She has like, she gets impatient. I don't know. I, you see this version of her that's so like frozen all the time. Yeah. It's just that she doesn't have any kind of like real ethical she's unable to weight the different issues in any kind of rational way where she's like i'm doing the christmas thing they want me to do the christmas thing now they want me to worry about the kids being separated and killed in the camps i I can't do both and it's like dude it's just it's they're so far apart but to her that's like one and the same well she's 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 picking up on a on a on a truth which is that the sort of jackie onassis style set of expectations that are placed on the first lady and she both has to perform that role in, in a moment where the, the the legitimacy of of the the office is being questioned and uh because of her husband uh being president yeah she she famously will become the president if he dies exactly <laughs> line of succession yeah. mm-hmm. well we can get to the real news but i'll say one more thing about this which is that i just think it would be fun to do the christmas decorations um and i'm surprised it's stressing her out so much well, she, and i think she, she should just have fun with she it she botched them because everybody was making fun of her for how cold and weird they were Oh, that's right. Christmas has already happened during the Trump presidency. Right, Sarah, we are in. Yes. He brought it back. Yes, if he brought it back. Three times, in fact. <laughs> it's he not brought just, it back in a big way. I see. I see. I, yeah. I wonder if, if the first woman, the role of the first woman is the a job woman. where you, you get it and you, you can kind of make it up because it it's a fake job. It's, it's not like a, an official position or actually... It's like you really inherit a thing that's like very narrow and you have to stay on you track. You inherit it. a 15 year old box of decorations. <laughs> a bunch of the balls are already cracked and broken. <laughs> yeah. The little elves' ears are snapping off at the top. You gotta glue them back there together. You go. <laughs> yeah. And it's, so you, you have about nine months to figure out what to do with this Melania, stuff. Yeah, you gotta but. go to the basement, haul up 30 boxes of these old decorations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the tinsels and pieces, and you got to tie them together to get a long enough strand to stretch across the living room. Yo, my family yeah. had a my family had a plastic tree for like until I don't know, two thousand and five or something, two thousand and four. Because mm. in Argentina, mm. Uh, mm. Christmas happens in the summer, so but we've still, uh, you know, we've we've still inherited all of the traditions of the great Satan, uh, the great empire to the north. We still have to put up <laughs> these trees that are not native to South American soil. So we had a plastic one. <laughs> That's funny. Was it pink or no? It like was regular color? color, but it was plastic. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Do you have Santa Claus down there? We, I mean, you know, his name's Papa Noel, and we have him. He's real at down there, actually. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. We get real- and what race is he? Um, he's uh, Mapuche, which is the, uh, the native <laughs> tribe of uh, that lives in where Argentina is now. 
Very nice. sick. Yes. Very sick. Um, I would, I feel like, okay, I feel like if I was going to tune into a podcast tomorrow morning, when, which is when we, I would, you know, would, when we release, I'd want to hear, a, you know, people talk about Trump. If I mean, Am I wrong about this? No, I think you're right about it. I feel it. like we're burying the I lead think, here. He's yeah, let's talk about it. He's 100% going to die. He's, this is funny. Before we started the episode, Felipe's scared that he's gotten too excited that Trump's going to die and that he's going to be let down. And I can't believe you feel that way. I'm certain yeah. that he's going to live. No president, famously, no president has ever died while in office. <laughs> That's a good point. That yeah. is a good point. I, yes, I was getting my hopes up that he was going to die. They were saying that his oxygen dropped. Um, they were giving him all the drugs. They were giving him... 10 rounds of remdesivir. He was getting pumped full of steroids. I was like, this guy's toast. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I don't know. I just feel like they'll replace every organ in his body before they let him die. And won't, yeah. that, won't that fix it? Have they They'll tried that with stronger? Anything? Yeah. Well, I was thinking about that. That woman got her lung replaced, and I was like, I guess there is really like the last ditch effort. If you can replace someone's lung, then it's cool. like. We got Seth is on Team Felipe, and then Eliza is says he's definitely going to live. I okay. They're saying he might go back to work tomorrow, though. I kind of call bullshit, right? I don't believe that. Yeah, how could he go back to work that quickly? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I don't think so. I think maybe the more the concern for the Trump team is whether he's going to be able to campaign. Right. Well, that, mm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, of course, you can be like realistic. OK, now he's going to be debilitated, blah, blah, blah. But I want the spectacular thing to happen. <laughs> I'm the the realist. Yeah. Have you guys ever read Forest Foreign Policy magazine? They have like um, different editors have like different titles, really? like the like the, the quixotic progressive, like the realist, <laughs> the centrist. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the realist. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I'm the gamer. <laughs> the gamer. <laughs> the relationship girl. <laughs> mm. I'm an elf. That's, that's what I would mean. The elf. <laughs> the octopus. <Man>. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but wouldn't it be uh, maybe it's just because I'm on Twitter and everybody's like kind of just waiting for him to die, and so I've I've gotten this totally like uh yeah distorted version of what's happening yeah you're like full snow day kid energy with all the other snow day kids be like running the numbers and reading the articles <laughs> and looking at the radar and being like it's coming yeah. it's coming and like yeah. everybody else is like no man we're you're going to school already tomorrow. planning to stay up late <laughs> well, you, and yeah. not you haven't done your homework did you see you're not going to do it well, now it's not that i'm not doing my homework is that i'm doing the homework for the questions that i want <laughs> <laughs> I'm only doing the questions I want. Did you see the videos where he's like, he's assuring, reassuring people that he's okay, but people were noticing that there were morph cuts? No, and I don't even know what a morph cut is. <laughs> <laughs> I love this podcast. I love this podcast. I thought we podcast. agreed that we pretend we didn't already have Listen, a conversation. You don't have to make me look like an asshole. <laughs> say you were talking about it right before but you should say okay. either just way say look, like, look you can either say i don't know about it and move on or you can say yes you were talking about it but this, just say like your name and your pronouns and like how you know this, how you're friends with the other person thing, on the podcast like, you gotta be a little smooth
smoother. If Sarah's gonna pretend <laughs> that she doesn't know, then pretend then that you Sam, don't know either, dude. Sam, ally me, dude. You know what I'm doing. Who I gotta, are I'll, you guys? I'll wink towards your box. So you know what I'm doing. You want me to do hand signs like in baseball? I can do a three and be like, pretend you don't know, or a four for yes, you know, and just play it off. <laughs> I, it's so fun it's funny to lie to know we all know it's a, it's a lie but that, there's no way anyone in the audience could know do I know what a morph cut is prove it prove it that I already knew you have no idea <laughs> you can't you can't prove it you can't um well, you guys didn't fucking know when I brought it up before, so let me school you. Like Ten minutes ago, and in fact, yeah. I would I would challenge you to say what it was. I know I, I don't because you might actually remember. <laughs> Basically, Trump put out these videos where he was like, "I'm here at Walter, I Walter Reed. They're doing a great job. It's great, and I'm ready to go." In fact, they're doing the best job that anyone's ever done. There, some of them are saying. So he was I, he was on video, and I said, "Rats, he's okay. He's a little pale, but he's okay." And then people were like, "Wait, what's happening on second 18? And he's talking and he goes, everything's great. And he does a weird thing. And then someone came out and said, what that is, that's a morph cut. You can software, you can cut in the middle of an interview and the software can frame blend. So it looks seamless. So you can cut like a piece of something someone said, and then the video looks seamless, but it has these hiccups because it's not perfect. So things like pop and like move around so people were like going through the videos and in one there was a definite definite morph cut there was another woman who was like watch this other video second eight and i was watching it was a little more of a reach but the second button on his shirt kind of snaps in a weird way in a pixely way mm. um but yeah so so this would suggest that they're filming him they cut they have to like prop him back up and like <laughs> pump more air inside of him and then they <laughs> yeah start him up again <laughs> yeah a full new round of steroids yeah i would say more like he's talking he coughs and they're like just keep rolling and then they cut later and then Mm. he's like okay i'm back composed i'm gonna start that sentence over that's good evidence of something that he's gonna die there's a one one where his his nose gets bigger and he's and he starts talking in like a different voice Mm -hmm. and then and he switches his his he moves his face up so it looks like his mouth is then bigger and then he starts talking in a different kind of yeah, voice and then, you know <laughs> apple photo booth style and then he gets yeah. and then he gets in a motorcycle and the cam- and the camera cuts and it's like a buff guy on the motorcycle but he's wearing the same clothes mhm mhm <laughs> that's cool uh, what do you think in general about um wishing death on people should it be allowed or not allowed is it r- really that wrong to do do you have do you have do you feel that we shouldn't I think that we should be able to. It just seems like an arbitrary rule. I mean, we're all out here living and dying. Things get real out here, you know, in in human life. And if we can't wish that some people were dead, I mean, can we wish that people were alive? I don't know. I think you can. I think so, too. I was talking to someone today and I said, I want I want him to suffer a lot or no. What did I? I was like, (laughs) I want this to. Um. Oh, I was like, oh, it's sad if he dies because then he doesn't get to see that he lost. Like, it's like I want it to be as painful as possible. And then this person was like, I don't need to see him suffer. And I was like, oh, what's that about? Have I lost my soul? Mm, I don't know. Yeah, it just almost seems to me that's like teacher telling children that they're not allowed to, you know, tell each other to shut up. And it's like you actually are allowed to tell each other to shut up. You're just not supposed to because of the rules, but you are. And, And it often is necessary. So, of course, you could wish someone was dead. I mean, I think he's he's bad enough that I'm like, if there's one person I could wish death on, I feel like he's he's someone I feel okay wishing death on. 
Yeah. Like, I wouldn't have gloated. I know a lot of people gloated when McCain died, a lot of people on Twitter. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. He was probably quite bad, but like, I don't know. It feels, it's like a little rough to gloat about someone's death. But with Trump, oh yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I would, I would wish him uh, to live forever, which would be the ultimate, ultimate <laughs> That's torture. That's a true curse. That's, yes. Yeah. An ironic punishment. Mm-hmm. See all of his mm-hmm. friends die. Exactly. Oh, Sam, you're playing the long game. Yeah. Well, I even even, uh, you know, wise words can be uttered even from the lips of, of a, a very young man like mm-hmm. me. Mm. What if you what if his body dies, but his penis stays alive and he still gets really horny, but he can't do anything about it. And he doesn't quite know mm. why he's just he's dead, but also he feels horniness. And all his dead friends have to suck him off. No, they can't. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. Mm. All your all all your friends are dead, so no one can suck you off. <laughs> Push me to the edge. All my friends will suck me off. What do you think about that? I liked the uh, one about the cord. Yeah, Mr. Did you do the cord, cord one again? It's yeah. Mr. Serial <laughs> Cord. <laughs> 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 Sarah, how is your what did you learn at the end of your trip? The end of my trip. What did I learn? I I feel like when I leave New York City, all of my power drains from my body and I just become like totally dependent because I don't have a driver's license. Like getting around in the world is just like a really pathetic endeavor for me. And like when especially in Silver Spring, Maryland where my parents live, like it's right at the edge of the metro system. And uh, which is the subway. And whenever I get to like that station at the end, I just feel as if I'm like a surf coming to the edge of my fiefdom during the Black Plague. And I'm like, I really shouldn't go any further than this because like I'm not going to be able to find my way back um, and I'm going to be trapped out there. And that's how I feel. Yeah. Whenever I go home and even. Yeah. You're like a Roman at the edge of the cobble road entering the forest. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> exactly so i need to be back here in the cobbled cobbled central um and now i am back yeah it feels great that's good that's good i hear you also you're especially non-mobile because you don't have a driver's license but you, you also don't have a bike i just got a bike nice great whoa that's in my room nice oh, oh nice yeah, yeah. <laughs> where am i supposed to keep it it's a huge <laughs> But outside, I'm wondering the same thing, Sarah. Yeah. It's Mrs. Ride Your Bike. Yeah. Would Mrs. Ride Your Bike. Mrs. For those of you who don't know Sarah, too, <laughs> when, when Sarah's in, it, it's probably a double pain that she, when she leaves the city that she doesn't feel power. Because when she's in the city, people part when she walks down the street. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm, that's they, true. They buy her things at the bodegas. You know, they say this one's this one's on the house. Whenever she goes out to eat at the nicest steakhouses <laughs> in midtown, I always mm. reflect on all the skills I've learned from living in the city that are like sort of regular city life life skills, like riding the subway, blah blah blah. And I think about how it's like, oh, I don't know how to survive in the wilderness, but I'm sure that someone who only knows how to survive in the wilderness has trouble with these skills. So I guess all I'm saying is huh. it's relevant. It's funny because huh. I think of you as completely helpless. <laughs> you, I am less helpless now than I was, you know, four years ago. Mm. That's true. That's true. Plus, dude, I live my life, you know, it's like you're not always there. When we're in the subway and you're looking for the directions, I let you take the lead. But at plenty of times, I'm on the subway by myself. 
Sometimes I cry yeah, and you, I ask for strangers get, to tell me how to get how to get, <laughs> find my friend Sam. You get on the train. You get on the train thinking it's going to Midtown, but it's actually going out to the JFK airport. Yeah, and, no, I, and I go, no, and I go all the way to JFK. <laughs> hey, it's happened to all of us, even the even the it's smartest true. subway riders. It's true. It's it it's has. an embarrassing experience being asked for directions places in New York. I feel like where you're like, I don't know where anything yeah. is, but if you want me to look it up for you on my phone, I guess I can. But totally, is that what yeah. you want? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I once there yeah. was a man who I ha- ha- helped him. He had looked up the place on his phone, and he he just needed help like orienting, like on the phone, like which way was north and which way was south. And I like we were staring at his phone and I was like helping him zoom in and out and telling him like, OK, yeah, that way is Central Park. This way is like down towards the end of Manhattan. Mm. Wait, can I tell you guys another thing from the from the Trump video where he's talking from Walter Reed that I just thought of? He has yeah, one funny moment where he's like, he's like, uh, I'm going to try and paraphrase it as best. because It's so funny. He's like, I'm learning a lot about COVID. He's like, and and I'm he's like. I'm learning a lot about COVID, a lot of stuff that I'm going to talk about it when I get out. Really interesting stuff. He's like, I'm Aww. going to school. And this isn't, he's like, this isn't the reading book school. This is real school. I'm not just reading about, this is school. It was so funny. It's like, it's like he's unscripted. So he, what, he wants to start saying that it's get, he's getting his ass kicked or that it sucks. But then he's like, maybe I shouldn't. And then they didn't edit that out. <laughs> he just, he just like rambles through that whole thing. Wow, that's funny. That's actually, I think that's kind of, that makes me, that's something I would think if I got sick and had to go to the hospital. You think I'm going mm. to school? So it, no, it's like <laughs> you suddenly have to learn all this stuff about this, your body that you didn't bother learning about before, you know? Yeah, it's true. The body without organs as, um, uh, Deleuze, but my body has organs. As Deleuze called it. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, he is, he is an experiential learner. Like you can, I think he, it has to happen to him in order for him to understand mm-hmm. it. You know, it happened to me. He, that's why he only talks about celebrities and models and, and, mm. and who's a good poster or, or a good newscaster <laughs> who isn't. Cause that's all he it's knows. True. He talks about what he knows. Yeah. 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 He filters the world through <clears throat> the few couple of things that he's experienced. Um, I, I remember my dad, um, he, he was family friends with Rob Portman, who is the Senator from Ohio. Okay. He's like, not friends, but like Rob Rob Portman's like family friends. (laughs) And, and one of our cousins was working for Rob Portman and Rob Portman's daughter came out as a lesbian. And so Rob Portman changed, sort of changed his stance, like kind of Dick Cheney style, like changed his stance on gay marriage. Changed his pronouns. And changed his own pronouns. <laughs> and he Hell was yeah, like, brother. and my cousin was talking about, he was like, oh, this is a really good switch for Rob. You know, the fact that, you know, his, his experience with his daughter has helped him see why like gay people have the right to get married. And I remember my dad saying to him, yeah, if only one of his daughters was like a poor black single mother, yeah. then maybe he changes stance on welfare too. Wow, wow. <laughs> and, and I remember it just shut my cousin up. 
Like, yeah, he was just like, your dad. wow, on your dad. Yeah. Yeah. It's so crazy. I mean, it makes me even uncomfortable to say to my own family, uh, which a lot of people in my family are Republicans uh, and also Democrats who don't necessarily believe in universal health care. I'm like, I'm not I'm not going to have any health care. Just, just you guys are voting for me to not have any health care. And I guess probably what they would say is like, well, you should just get a job, which I don't want to. So make me. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Well, but then it's like then it's it's where it's where politics intersects with like the the petty personal uh, grievances. Where now they'd be like, well, of course, because Sarah's out in New York and she got her fancy education and she refuses to get a job <laughs> where she gets healthcare because she wants to be an artist. Yeah. And, blah, and it's like that's besides the point. Yeah, because the point is. Um just kidding. I, I know what it is. What is it's, it? uh, the healthcare shouldn't be tied to your, your job or yeah, something. The point is yeah. that a day's work is a day's pay. And there's yeah, no such right. thing as a free lunch. <laughs> <laughs> no such thing as a free lunch. The, yeah. the point the point yeah. is one does not simply walk into Mordor. Oh yeah. yes. Oh yes. Um I'm not going to I'm go, a- go go go. Say it. I was going to say that was just that I was excited about the $27 trillion in debt. I think that's an incredible number. Yes. Oh, wonderful number. $27 trillion. Mm, yeah. Could you imagine that amount of money? It's incredible. Because I think in high school, I really specifically remember it being like $13.5 trillion or something like that. So it has like doubled in our sort of conscious mm-hmm. political life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Our yeah. debt is reaching sexual peak. Yeah. Right. Daddy. Daddy. Do you remember when the national debt was only thirteen trillion? <laughs> yes, my son. Yeah, man, it, but China just keeps buying this stuff. I don't know when no, they're going to get enough of it. They love no, it. They can't get they enough it. of they it. They love they it. Love they just want it. But hold on, in yeah. the last two or three raisin mans ago, you said China wasn't going to buy our debt anymore. I said it. Yes, don't you remember? We made a little joke about I it. I do remember. I am thinking about how I heard that China maybe said they're going to stop buying it. But they're tired. They don't want it. They don't want any more they of don't, it. Enough's enough. They have enough <laughs> of our as, debt. <laughs> yeah, it's not as cool as they thought. I don't know. If they don't buy it, who's going who's gonna to buy it? Tell you what, I'll buy it. Yeah. I, I wouldn't mind $27 trillion. You can go to the White House with like a like a metal like a metal pipe and like just sort of like just stay outside the window. The president's like, fuck, he wants it back. And you're like, you owe me 27 trillion. You like run him over in a car, you get out, you beat the shit out of the president, you're like, 27 trillion. <laughs> and he's like, "I'll get it for you. I'll get. I got. I got the money. I got. Just give me one more month." <laughs> the first thing I would buy is uh, a Caribbean background for Sarah and I as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, so that, would really nice. yeah. that would really be nice. That would really be nice. Living in splendor. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, if you're just a, a listener to their uh, podcast, you wouldn't know that I have a Caribbean background on the Zoom screen on the. So if, if you were just a listener, you might think that what Sam meant was that you wanted to sort of dolezal yourselves, that you would wanted to, <laughs> with, through money, buy new uh, birth make certificates. I make it official. <laughs> Caribbean background <laughs> through both my father's and my mother. A certificate. I am yeah. Sam Beaulieu from Haiti. <laughs> uh, Sarah is from Martinique. <laughs> Could be cool. That'd be pretty sick. Could be cool. Yeah. 
Felipe, I'd finally take you to that place in your background. Ooh, I would love like, it. Why you've always Do you think it's real? Of- uh, that, that can't be real. <laughs> it looks like a collage to me. Mm. Yeah. How does how do palm trees plank that hard? Like how does it lean over so much without falling? You see how far it's cantilevered? I wonder if yeah. that's photoshopped as well. What would they really take such liberties with it if it wasn't possible? Right, it's like if it was photoshopped, you'd think, no, we want to <laughs> stick to more or less how palm trees behave. Traditional. Yeah. They wouldn't want to give away the game by doing a freaky palm tree like I that. I want palm trees coming out all sides of the fridge. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think so. Um, we talked about maybe we were going to touch on Chrissy Teigen's uh, miscarriage. Maybe you were joking about talking about that. Uh, hey, hey, nothing, nothing's off limits on Raisin Man. Nothing's off limits. We go there. I just want to say. We go there. Yeah. <laughs> Chrissy Teigen, who we've talked about on the podcast before and who I am a fan of, uh, her had a miscarriage. And it just seems really sad. And I feel like if I was her, I would just be like, Chrissy Teigen doesn't have a baby die. This isn't right. If you were Chrissy Teigen, you would say, Chrissy Teigen does not have a baby die. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The nurses. Yes. Trump may be going to school in the hospital, but I'm not going to school. There's one right answer. Yeah, I don't know. It just it's already so hard to come to terms with like a, a personal tragedy. Like when I had COVID and I wanted to be like, I don't Sarah Wilson doesn't have yes. coronavirus. I'm yeah, this isn't real. That if I was a celebrity, anytime something bad happened, I would just be like, This isn't that's not right. This doesn't happen. I'm Chrissy Unless Teigen. it's like I dying have of a cocaine overdose on Twitter. Why would this happen to me? <laughs> Why would this happen to me? They really want to see the baby. It's not just me and my husband who care about the baby. A lot of people are invested in it's this. It's funny that often yeah. people you know when people are like People are like, um, you might relate to this, Sarah, but you know when people are like, you know, once I had this tragedy happen to me, like getting cancer or whatever, they're like, you always think that doesn't, that happens to others. It doesn't happen to me. And I think that that's funny because I don't have that mentality. I actually, in spite of the fact that I've never had any tragedy happen to me, I am like, oh, I'm the kind of guy that that happens to. Even though none of that shit's ever happened to me. The idea that you'd think, oh, that happens to other people, not to me. Ba- it's totally backwards. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. Like if if I yeah. if I a tragedy happened in my life, I would think, well, of course this happens to me. This always happens yeah. to me. <laughs> I have often thought, um, if something's bad seems like it could happen or about dying, like, oh well, I just sort of never imagined I would really be 26. So it would make sense if I died now, because it just doesn't seem like I would ever be that old. So Right, like time yeah. time is like a fog. Like you just you're yeah. like in a video game, you only see where you are and then everything beyond is just darkness. Totally. Um I don't know. I definitely have the thought of like I'm really curious about people that are sort of tangentially in our scene who are like up and coming comedians but actually have some kind of a claim like if you're like sarah squirm or something if she's on the subway and she's surrounded by like you know people who presumably don't know who she is does she think in her head like they have no idea i'm sarah squirm i open for eric andre or does she not i think i think that if, if you were a person such as her and you thought something like that you would be insane <laughs> it would mean that something was wrong with you. Really? Because I, I feel like, and she's. Speci- I'm on the subway, Sorry, already thinking like, oh, I, I'm, 
I'm Sarah Wilson and I'm an unsuccessful stand-up comedian. And no and one these knows people you're Sarah no Wilson. Knows, <laughs> but, you, but I feel like it's like no one knows what good of a friend I am. No one knows how cool I am to hang out with. Yeah, exactly. I think that and I, I don't think I'm insane. But what were you going to say? Um, well, sh- I'm sure some people do, but she strikes me as somebody who would want to stamp out that kind of thought from her head. Um, I don't know. But I think it, mm. you got to indulge in it sometimes. I mean, come on. I indulge in not okay, right. not on the subway when I'm like around <laughs> middle aged people, regular people, working class <laughs> people of all stripes. If I'm at a party, though, with people my age, I go. Oh, well, you know, uh, maybe if they know about some of my cartoons, they might be interested I, in me. I'm on a podcast. I do a podcast called Raising Men with Sarah Wilson. She's one of the, the greatest friends you can have. <laughs> That's right. That's right, man. That's funny. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess Sarah Scrum's the kind of person who would uh, not do that. But I just think it would be hard to resist. Like, you got to step, step back at some point and be like, look at this shit. It's just... Uh, Eric Andre. That's a huge deal. I don't know. It feels kind of inconsequential. Like even Eric Andre, who you're like, that's a celebrity. I don't know if he's really like a celebrity. <laughs> I guess not. I mean, in a, yeah. for, a, for a group of people. But if you really think about all the people in America, how many people know about him? Me, <laughs> Sam. Okay, keep going. I know Alex likes keep going. him. Uh, my brother. Okay, who else? <laughs> Uh, my boyfriend in college. Okay, who else? Uh, Emma Bergman. Uh, my probably. friend Emma Bergman. My friend Becca. Yeah. So that's seven. Add one to your numbers. Seven. Who else? Weird P woman probably knows. I, ben, I think maybe Seth would know because he does studies comedy stuff. Well, our roommate uh, Will knows because you guys were watching him the other day. That's true. Sarah Squirm. So, so that's eleven people. That's yeah. eleven people. <laughs> so far, that's eleven people. I mean, I'm not convinced yet. Mm. We need more. I, yeah. I, at, when I saw John Early at watching a movie at a movie theater, oh, I, I was came at that up movie. to him what were we afterwards. Watching? We were watching um, that uh, that dance movie. Oh, um, Suspiria. Suspiria. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. wanted so bad to know what does what did John Early think of that scene where she's dancing? What does a John Early? How does he react? We went through an experience. What was so, he thinking? Say you're John Early. Yeah. John Early, just do that thing you do on stage and describe. Like, do it like you're on stage. Describe to me what you felt. And how do you remember all the stuff that you're saying on so stage? Are you coming up with it on the spot when you're on stage, or did you write it before? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny sam you'll go up to anyone i'm i don't think that's i don't do that yeah well i i think we're kind of gregarious in different mm. ways i have no interest in really talking to people much online and i think you will talk to anybody <laughs> online, <laughs> that's true say. that's true dm this guy he'll talk but to I'll, you i'll talk to anybody in person it's funny you think you that know? people on twitter are sort of just words but there's people there and they'll read their dms Mm. but sam you what, just feel like you see these celebrities and you want to say you you got something to say to them you should be allowed to say it and look, they yeah look sarah and Felipe, if you want to join their circle all right you need to <laughs> learn how to talk like they well do. that's the thing it's like <laughs> what's up cat what's up little what's up flapper jack cat <laughs> uh, i uh i i might have told this story before but i was at a at a post office in brooklyn like a real janky one like tiny tiny post office and david cross walked in looking bearded and fat as ever and i was really starstruck 
I was like, holy shit, because I loved him in middle school. I did the anime, anime guy. <laughs> um, and I loved him. Hey, that's David Cross. I loved him in middle school, though. I don't think he's as good now. I don't or uh, now that I've re-listened to his stand up, I don't know if I like it as much, but big fan of his loved Arrested Development, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I'm not going to talk to this guy. Fuck it. Like, I'm just going to see him. And that's it. And that's where this needs to end. He leaves. And I'm then there's three people left in the post office. And I'm like, whoa, did you guys? That guy's famous. And the woman behind the counter was like, oh, maybe. Who? Where is he in? And I'm like naming things. And she's like, definitely doesn't know at definitely all. Definitely doesn't know. Yeah. But then was like, <laughs> oh, maybe. But then she was like, she was like, oh, yeah, he's an Alvin in the Chipmunks. That's what she knew him from. Toy, the, wow. To, absolute toy level. Absolute toy level. <laughs> then I'm, That's I'm texting my friends. I saw David Cross. Sam goes, you have, you should have talked to him. And then I go, oh, should I have? And my first instinct is no. Felipe instinct, no. But Sam's instinct is yes. So he's like, should I have? Oh, I don't know. I felt bad. And then he walks back in. And I thought, oh, this is my chance to try it again. And I'm like, I'm like, Hey, I don't mean to bother you, but I'm a huge fan. And he doesn't look at me. He just looks straight ahead and he goes, oh, thank you. Like, worst <laughs> response ever. And then the woman behind the mm. counter goes, yeah, me too. And I was like, bitch! <laughs> <laughs> you just saw one in the chipmunks. You don't even know who this guy is. <laughs> Stay in your lane. I'm a comedy nerd. Uh, also, why would you even want to get in on your shit when he was reacting like that? I feel like I'd see that shit and I'd be like, yeah, I'm not fucking yeah, getting on guy. that guy's boat. Yeah. Uh, but it sucks. It just, it just made me think, like, I don't want to talk to celebrities because the, the, the best thing that can happen is nothing. That they're just like, Thank you. The worst thing that can happen is more likely that they do something that makes you feel bad. And then I was like, I felt stupid. Yes. He, I didn't like it. And now I like have that memory attached to him. That's horrible. I had a similar thing with meeting Maria Bamford, who was like my childhood idol. And I was obsessed with her, like singularly above all the people. And I was pressured by my friends into um, getting an autograph from her when she came to Penn to do a show. And it was horrible. Well, what happened? So it's not really funny, but... <sighs> I just went up to her and I really wanted to tell her not just that I was a huge fan, but that I had been a, a fan all of my life and that I had watched her Comedy Central specials like when I was a kid, like the ones from like 1998. Like I, I, I said way too much. And she was just like, oh, yeah, huh, I know what you're talking about. Oh, um, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I gave more detail than I even needed to. Like, obviously, she knows what her fucking when her Comedy Central specials came out or like whatever the fuck. Um, and it, it was just made me feel stupid. And uh bad but i had a funnier one which was that i uh ran into mark maron um, <laughs> really where on a, <laughs> uh, he was like going into a diner in manhattan and i was like on a field trip from philly with like all the people in my comedy collective uh and we were like here to perform in new york for the first time ever and there was like 10 of us and i had been like lagging behind <laughs> and i saw mark maron and i was like oh my god shit like you're mark maron and he was like, yeah, hey. And I was like, oh, I'm here with all these other comedians. Wait, wait, I need to get no! them. And I was like, oh, my God. No! <laughs> it just seemed too crazy. that I was like, how can Whoa. we all be here in New York on this comedy trip? And I'm not going to call Whoa. you guys over to see Mark Barron. Plus, he lives in L.A., he, he so like, it's not really that commonplace. <laughs> exactly. And he was like, N please don't call your friends over. No, 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 no. Uh, really? Like, he said that? <laughs> Oh God! Oh God! Oh God! So I, and those are the only two celebrities I ever oh, talked to. That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please don't call your friends over. 
Yeah, it's not good. It's you funny. don't want to. You don't want to. I mean, past a certain level of fame, I think. I think there's like you know lower key people, but even then, it's like I don't know. What what for? I don't know. What? Yeah, you're just a stranger to them. Uh, I like to try and uplift the kind of small, locally famous people that I really true. like. I think know? that that's a good strategy. Mm. You know, I see them on the street. I go, hey, I really like your stuff. That's that's what I felt like with John Early. It's like this, this person's like famous to me. They're like Brad Pitt to me, you know. True. You guys really don't think Trump's mm-hmm. going to die? He will never die. No, I really think that uh, many worlds exist and all things happen across, you sure. know, the infinite okay, dimensions. Yes, yes. But <laughs> I <laughs> just have a feeling we're in one of the really bad ones where like, I don't think every mm. bad thing happens in our timeline but i think a lot a really lot of bad stuff happens and i think it diverged on a certain day i remember we used to be in a timeline where some good things did happen but then ours got diverged off so yeah but but then trump got covid and i thought okay we're diverging and then i read a few bits that was like he's getting pretty bad and i thought okay we're diverging further you know what i thought Mm. what i thought was reality aka everything bad happens starting to change well, yeah, that's interesting. It, my grandpa, who I was just visiting, was talking about how he was really into science. He's also really into Christianity. And he said that Good he mix. believes in the multiverses. Yeah. And it's funny to watch him have to like bend over backwards to like make those things go together. It's such a waste of time. It's like, <laughs> Grandpa, if you just don't believe in God, you don't have to do all the extra <laughs> legwork. Um, but he believes in the multiverse, but he thinks that um, through prayer is how you decide whether or not which of the multiverses that you get to like oh, six, experience. Some I love in that it. mix. Yes. I love that. Yes. I love that remix. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So like if you go home tonight, everyone, and pray for Trump to die, then you might get to go over into the universe where he dies. And then me and Sam will be left here in this universe and Felipe will that, go. I mean, we'll still be. It sounds yeah. to me like your grandpa has created a, a horribly heretical uh, syncretism, <laughs> a kind of paganism, because he's saying it's not that God works upon the world, changes the world. It's rather that you like transfer into a different one it seems it seems heretical to me <laughs> through a kind of a kind of thing akin to sort of voting you know yeah. like mass action it's yeah. crazy and it's just sad to think that we'll be left with like this sort of body of felipe that contains a consciousness that will phone in certain felipe like behaviors but the real felipe will we'll be have, in yes. the trump's dead universe yeah but i guess it's like a train check where if you shift the train to like go off in one direction another train goes on the previous track so we would inherit a different felipe from a, so, an alternate universe so ultimately though if if none of the felipes are the <clears throat> real one or none of your grandpas are the real one they're all just different ones then ultimately it doesn't matter which universe you get on because one of them Someone, will get that yeah. fate I know a version of you that didn't pray for Trump to die has to be in this. It sounds to me yeah. too complicated. You're right. Your grandpa has created a strange, abominable <laughs> philosophy of life. <laughs> that is neither totally scientific right? nor nor totally like, orthodox. Like it's it's neither, yeah. and so it doesn't work. <laughs> but it's cool. I feel like multiverses are like the sort of most kind of dumb dumb guy science and i'm not calling your grandpa dumb but it's like it's the coolest sounding science but i'm like i think it in practice is probably the least it's probably not as cool as it sounds or it's like more abstract or complex than we think Mm. 
Yeah, I think the sense in which we understand it, that's just like, oh, there's just a universe for every different thing that could happen is like a like a creation in our minds that like is the most literal way we could think about it that in no way represents like what it actually would mean. Is, yeah. Did, is the, did he adopt the philosophy because it works really well at explaining one particular phenomenon or like it kind of unlocks one experience about life that that feels true to him? Hmm. I think it's a bunch of things that feel true. Yeah. And he kind of just pieces them together in a way that kind of like feels like something to him. So Do you have a sense for why mm. in his life would sort of corroborate the idea that there's many universes. Hmm. Hmm. I'm trying I, to. Th- <clears throat> I personally like the idea. Sorry, Sarah. Maybe I'll say it while you keep thinking about the answer. Um, <laughs> I I personally like the idea of there being multi universes because it's like you're kind of snuggled in next to a bunch of different ones. You know, it's like it's like a kind of crowded arena, mm. uh, which a I like. Raisin Man and Arena. There's sort of yeah. the Raisin Man Arena. Yeah, and there's just like a bunch of different options, a lot of different universes that you, you're sort of a, a part of, and you're like in a community. It's I like true. That. I like the feeling that all of time is happening at once and your body is just like a long snake going through the fourth dimension, like at all, like one continuous being and there is no tomorrow. Yeah. We're just sitting still. I think ooh, like in uh, like uh, I'm thinking of ending things. I'm thinking of ending things. I'm thinking of ending I'm things. Thinking of Raisin Man Arena. <laughs> I, I guess yes. maybe what's frustrates me about the multiverse thing, it's like it doesn't make a difference in my life. I can't apply it to anything other than <laughs> to think about sometimes and to maybe feel bad about, huh, what if I'd been in a in a better one? Or what if I'd been in a worse yeah. one? It doesn't matter. I can't move from one to the other. And as far as I'm concerned, my decisions still kind of affect certain things in my life. So, you know, what the fuck am I going to do true. with that information? It's true. Just think about it and enjoy the thinking about it. Um, my grandma watched... Uh, I'm thinking of ending things and really liked it, really wanted me to watch it. And I was like, okay, cool. I've already seen it though, but we can watch it together. And she was like, oh, I don't want to watch it again. I mean, I, <laughs> it's I, a like, one watch movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a one watch movie. And I was like, what did you like about it? And she was like, I really liked the guy in it. He's the kind of person I imagine you dating. He seemed very smart. <laughs> he, knew <a> lot. <laughs> wow. he knew about a lot of different books and stuff. Yeah. So I just thought that was the randomest fucking take that a person could have. Totally wrong. I do like yeah. it when people have sort of strange ways of approaching art. <laughs> I like the guy. Yeah. The guy seemed <laughs> cute. And so I like watching two hours of the movie. <laughs> Art's like a basket of different fruits and little snacks and things. And you're allowed to just come and take out of it whatever you want and enjoy. Yeah. yeah. You can just take out the marshmallows from the um, Lucky Charms. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've always thought that there is like kind of something creative about appreciating art. If you can find things in the work and sort of like heighten them and... And I always found that in, in art school, like you, you would make a drawing and then the teacher would, the professor would do like an interesting creative thing where they would look at the drawing and they would describe certain things that you hadn't even considered as being like things you could appreciate, mm-hmm. but they would sort of invent things. And so it was, it was like interpretive, but it was actually creative. They were like, oh, this moment here. And suddenly like there was oh. like a new, I remember I had a, a professor. His muscles really do look big. They yeah. really look like they could hold that. 
If they really are holding up that gun. <laughs> I like how you drew the Damn. sword. I'm like, whoa, shit, that's right. The sword is wow. well drawn. It's, it's really cool that it's like serrated mm. on one side and on the other side it's venom. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Spider-Man is that buff. I hadn't thought about that. What if Superman had that haircut? cool oh and there's pistols all around his belt so if he's if he runs out of bullets in his the ones he's holding he can always grab another pair of pistols that's really smart felipe (laughs) um anyways that's kind of like what your grandma did with i'm thinking of ending things she found a little space in the work to carve out she said i'm looking i'm looking in this world for someone for my granddaughter to be with Mm. so that i know when i die that she'll be happy and someone will take care of her and and i'm gonna find it and i found him in this movie and now i can i was talking to someone recently who was like who is it they were like if i don't like the characters in a movie i don't like the movie and that felt Mm. like a real like you watch movies Mm. for friends it's like would i be friends with that or like yeah, or do like the yeah the morals and values of the characters line up exactly with me, so I can kind of like manifest myself through them exactly. Well, as, I wonder yeah, if it was even I that because I'm sure that they could like a bad character, right? Oh, sure, yeah. Unless they were that literal, hmm. where it's like, would I be friends with the character? That's crazy. <laughs> They're not real. You cannot be the their friend, as far as I understand mm-hmm. it. No, you can't, except in your head. Eh. In your head, you think about it. Yeah, like in that movie <laughs> where the guy and- writes his ideal woman and then she comes to life you remember that mm, i do how does it end she's not as perfect as he hoped i probably women mm-hmm. yeah just can be so disappointing in that mm-hmm. way yeah um i like the dog and i'm thinking of ending things yeah i'm thinking yeah. of liking that dog what's cool <laughs> about the dog Wait, the, is, is, is the dog some someone sarah would like to date mm-hmm. it do you uh yeah, well, the thing about the dog is um, it just, just, just shakes and shakes and shakes and it's just, it just makes you mm-hmm. laugh. Wait, have you guys seen this meme about that wi- white women like to have sex with dogs? No. <laughs> have you What's seen this meme, meme Sam? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I know I'm familiar with that concept. Well, that- no, how are you familiar with that concept? That's like a, there's been a bunch of different jokes about that made on the internet that like mm. white women like kissing their dogs they like when their dogs like lick their mouths and stuff like that no one told me that joke before. well i'm telling you now now when you see it it's not one meme it's not like one it's just sort of like a meme concept that gets that gets iterated oh on. so i guess yes i have i am familiar with the meme then what do you think about that sarah <laughs> okay i don't get it because because white women love dogs and so the how does the meme work? It well, my think my I think what Sam sort of was on the right track, which is it starts out that white women love kissing dogs, right? Like getting licked on the face with the dog. Is that so far? Is that true to us? That's true. That, that's like it became. It was like white people like kissing their yes, dogs. True. That's true. Then it was like white women like kissing that's, their dogs, and then it was true. like white women like to have sex with their dogs. I think that's funny. I think that there's definitely some kind of truth to like, uh, there's something about the affection that, you know, to be essentialist, white 
women that I know have towards dogs, a feeling that I don't really understand or relate mm. to, where they'll even send pictures to each other of dogs that they don't know. There just is a dog on the internet that's cute or something. And I just don't really get what, what that's about. To me, I don't feel anything from that. But if other people are feeling something from that, then that... Mm. Is it the same thing as white women's feeling about horses? Or is that like a different thing I don't like think that diff- there's a meme a about white women having sex with horses. I don't think that exists. <laughs> No, 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 but that's so graphic. That would be horrific. Yeah. You know the concept. Not like the dog, like, which is oh, sort of like, nice and sweet, and you could imagine. <laughs> you know that like thing about women liking horses, yes, and like horseback riding and stuff, and and it and like there's like, oh, is it a sexual thing? Is it not a sexual thing? What's what's like operating uh, here? Do you th- I think it's mostly like a class commentary? It's like a class shaming thing. But I would say, in general, everyone likes horses. Riding horses is like one of the sicker things I think a person can do. Um, and so, for like white women to be bullied for it, except for the fact that it's just like, oh, because they're rich, that's how they can afford the horseback riding classes. I don't think that they should be made fun of for it. It's cool. Riding horses in movies is cool. People ride horses in Lord of the Rings. Indigenous people ride horses. I'll say this. It's cool. I'll say this about the fucking dogs meme. What's so funny to me about it is how large the jump is from white women like to lick, like to have the dog lick their face to they like to fuck. Them. Like it's a, it's one of the crazier <laughs> conclusions in a meme that I've mm. seen. Hmm. Is, 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 but so liking dogs is not, let, let's guys, let's try and synthesize these two things. Okay. Is, so is liking dogs a different thing, Sarah? If horse rack riding is legitimately cool, is liking dogs not cool? Is liking dogs not cool? Uh, uh, I don't like think different. That, I don't think it gives you any clout to to like dogs. Yeah, and it's like oh, with people liking women, women's obsession with dogs is is like weird and strange. And I think it's a bit it corny. Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. normal to me. Because dogs are sweet. Yeah, dogs are very cute. <laughs> Horses are cool too, but they're harder to you know. It's harder to get a hold of a horse. <laughs> it's and it's true. hard to, but it's hard to ride a dog. Yeah, you're right about that. Well, on top of it, the, a thing I recently learned, which is that there's a sort of stereotype about gay women that they love to have dogs. Does this mm. ring a bell for either of you? No, that doesn't ring a bell for me. I feel like there's so many stereotypes of people that like dogs cowboys and men that live alone and little boys and i guess now also gay women white women yeah i guess i guess i guess it's a stereotype that loses power because everybody likes dogs and so you could say any group Mm -hmm. of people likes dogs exactly and and people be like yeah i think that's that's Mm -hmm. right brother yeah yeah i was thinking through what would be a funny thing but then well, I don't think this is funny, but I'll say it anyways. But I thought, well, what if I said, oh, random group, let's choose a random group, Chinese people. And then I, and then I was like, I was about to say like dogs. And I was like, oh, but there's this other joke that Chinese Yeah. Not, a, not the kind of joke I would make, but I started saying it. So I figured I would finish saying it. Yeah. And it's worth sort of putting out there and saying this isn't a joke that we would not make. Not a joke I would make. Yeah. Hmm. Spanish people like but dogs. But what if it what if it was like white women eat like eating dogs? 
and you're kind of mixing Ooh. up the stereotypes. Oh, oh, so instead of so you see that? a woman getting licked in the face by a dog and you don't go, she wants to fuck it, you think she wants to eat it. Yeah, she wants to eat it. Uh, another case of white women <laughs> wanting to eat their dogs. <laughs> you're missing your White missing women the stereotypes. love to eat dogs, man. <laughs> God, white women suck at driving horses. Keep going. I don't know what the hell you're talking yeah, about yeah. there. <laughs> no, it's like, do you, have you heard of that stereotype that women um, can drive? Like, no, Asian women are bad ah, at driving. So you're just mixing and matching stereotypes. Yeah, I think that wasn't that the joke we mm-hmm. were doing. More mm-hmm. or less. I'm good to kind of start wrapping it up. What about a dog and a horse that are friends? Oh, I like that. Uh, uh, classic uh, dog and a horse are friends. Yes, I think there's memes of that. Dog and a horse are, are friends. Dog yeah. and a horse having you sex. Think dog and a horse having sex. Hard to picture. It doesn't immediately. I need to see the what, manifest of it. What about a dog and a horse are friends and then standing by is a white woman. Licking she's, her lips. She says, but we don't know why. We don't know why she's licking her lips. She says, she says I feel nothing about this. <laughs> I'm completely neutral The white on woman this. is on yeah. standby. <laughs> oh, we didn't talk about the debates. Fuck. The debates. Oh, people are going to be pissed tomorrow when they got to get through a whole hour and 20 minutes before they can get to us on the debates. I imagine someone like Monday morning, they're waking up and they're like, ah, I want to kind of get the nice like wrap up of the week and like find out the news. We turn on a race. That would be insane. Could we get a few? Could we get a few punches out about the debates? What do we like? Hate highlights? Um... I think saying just shut up, man, is just cool. Just shut up, man. Just it is cool. shut up, man. It is cool. Yeah. That's his stronger moment. He should do more stuff like that. Yeah, be chill and casual like that. I think that's funny. What did you think about it? Didn't Trump say at some point, um, this guy, his masks are so giant and he always wears He's them even the if we're 200 feet away seen. from each other? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the idea of making fun of someone for their mask being too big is makes me laugh so that's then that's a point for trump on that yeah, yeah that was funny it was funny that that's the yeah. image right because what he really means is he's always wearing a mask but to get that across he goes he's wearing a really big mask the biggest mask i've ever yes. seen mm-hmm. and that sticks in yes, your head i imagine like, biden with a mask mm-hmm. so big that the, the ringlets that held onto the ears were like way past the head it was just sort of floating like Absolutely. a shield i I don't hear Trump talk very much. And this is a, the overwhelming thought that I had is this. And I think it's OK for me to say, even though I heard it reiterated on a podcast that I later listened to this week, but I had it, it originally in my own head. So um, and it's that Trump. Trump it, like really works best when he has like a target to attack, like he's so like spot on and like precise and on point when he's like has a thing to focus on but when he's like actually given two or three minutes or any any length above two minutes to kind of freestyle he's like absolutely senseless Mm. and so there's like the debate format really helps like the way he thinks in his head because it it keeps him on track which is like oh i just have to like 
attack and respond to whatever that guy is saying. Mm, yeah, <clears throat> that's funny. True. It's like, OK, now talk about healthcare. Now talk about black people. Now talk about coronavirus. Yeah, and he can yeah. just do his like 30 second thing that he's got on all that stuff. Yeah. Well, he's like, but if he if you give him two minutes, it's like it's just completely like he talks about like forest, like the trees, the forest cities and stuff like that. Or it's <laughs> yeah. like wanting to clean, clean the forest floor. It's like this is nonsense. Like this is absolutely <laughs> nonsense. Yeah. And and he's so he's you realize, I think compared to Biden, I was like, oh, Trump really seems like sharp and on it and like speaks in these like one liners that are like really quick and to the point. And you you get what he's saying. But then. Yeah, just given more time and without a person to attack, he you realize he's like just as cuckoo. Mm. <clears throat> oh, you're saying Biden is just just as cuckoo. No, Trump oh, is. Trump is. Trump is. Yeah. Oh, you're yeah, saying yeah. that in the debate, yeah. he actually looked good because he had short spurts of time to talk to, about stuff. <laughs> he just I'm did saying, a lot of jabs, you know, I'm saying the debate format encourages speaking very quickly for short amounts of time and also that you have a person to attack to so it's like a place to focus your speech towards and respond to and that all helps in trump's favor even when he had two minutes uninterrupted you sort of the the peel the, the veil is lifted and you peel back the Tupperware container and you realize how rotten the yeah. food is mm. in the Tupperware container. And that that's my point is that like he's best when he's like attacking someone and when he's just like freestyling on his own thoughts, they make no sense. Yeah, I think that's true. I think that he has the most um, stamina when he first starts talking is what I'm interpreting. Most stamina at the beginning and then the more he goes, he starts to unravel. So if you just give him like questions, two minutes, he comes out hard out the gate. But right before he starts to unravel, you're like, okay, stop. Reco- recover your stamina. <laughs> think about the next thing. Yeah. I think also something interesting I heard from my mom was that they all agreed, both campaigns agreed ahead of time that they were going to be wearing masks the entire time. But when Trump and the Trump people showed up, after they arrived in masks and they took their masks off once they got there. And whoever was running the debate, what which, what was it on CBS or something? I don't know. I don't, I Classic move, don't by the way. Know. You wear um, masks outside and then when you get to the place, you're like, all right, now I'm good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they came up and were like, hey, you said you'd wear them. And they were like, yeah, well, fuck we're not going to. Yeah. And then. Suck yeah, my dick. Fuck off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that scares me in, in a sort of soft hearted way where I just do you want people to follow an illusion of law and order um, to think of like once people just start saying Mm-mm, no. Like, it's like when you're babysitting a child and you're like, you have to eat yes. that and you have to go to bed. And they're like, uh, uh-uh, no, I don't. And you're like, like what? <laughs> well, and then you slap them across the face. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's all an illusion. And once the kid is realizes that you have nothing unless, unless you really want to, Unless you, know, you monopolize violence. Go to blows. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah. think more broadly, though, I don't know. I like don't know anymore what the debate is for. Like. Are people convinced? Are there really people that are like convinced one way or another? Are there because we because I think you watch the debate imagining an imaginary idiot, right? 
that that the American voter who you're like, oh, this person who's so easily swayed or who like is right. That's the fantasy voter is like anytime something happens, you're like, oh, no, the voter is going to be swayed by this, like how this looks. And they're just a dunce. Yeah. They're just a dunce who has like no preconceptions, just sees things and is swayed one way or another. And so you're watching and you're like, what would that idiot have thought about what Joe Biden said? And then Trump says, something. what would that idiot have thought about what Trump said then. And I, I truly don't know, you know, I think if you like Trump, you hear forest management, uh, you know, you hear the tree cities, you go, hell yeah, the tree cities, that's, that's it. And if you like Biden, <laughs> yeah. you hear whatever he says and you say, yeah. So it's like, I don't know. Are there people who are like, I'm, I want to see who looks stronger. Like who's, who looks stronger. I don't know. I know it is the question. It's just confusing. Who are these people in real life? Who is the undecided voter? How can they exist? How would anyone ever convince them of anything? Like they just it, it's hard to even have any respect for the undecided voter. Like, yeah, yeah and it's st I still don't know if that exists. I've heard people write political, or, you know, like American sort of electoral theory. That's like there's no undecided voters. There's I don't know. I can't remember. There was a woman who had this whole theory about like you only have like people who are for different parties, people who like generally don't come out and then you have to like galvanize mm. your side and that's pretty much it. Yeah. I don't know if that's true. I may, I paraphrasing. Hmm. Yeah. I think also people, people are activated. I think people are issue driven. Like they're activated around certain issues like abortion or healthcare and those things like drive people to the polls or not. And absent the candidates effectively being able to like distinguish between each other policy wise, then voters have to decide between two sort of like um, archetypes. Oh, do you want the, the guy, the mean guy or the like sensitive, <laughs> nice guy? Right. And it's like, that's that's what they're kind of deciding between in yeah. their heads. Yeah. And, and I, I think it's also ephemeral. It's not really choice making. I don't even know when choices really get made. I was at the gynecologist the other day and uh, I I did. I needed to like get a pap smear a couple of years ago and I didn't get one. And he asked me why I didn't. And I was like, why do yeah. why did my parents yeah. get married? Why did I, I know, move to bitch, New York? Yeah. Why am I trying to be a comedian? <laughs> like, <laughs> why didn't I get a pap smear two years ago? I don't fucking know. It's the multiverse. Yeah. So just mister. the idea. <laughs> exactly exactly um so it's just as crazy to me to try to figure out how you would get an undecided voter or a swing voter to do anything they don't even know why they do what they do i mean there's just no getting to the bottom of it it's all just like um a vague feeling a sense of atmosphere a certain movement a song they heard one time when they were young like mm. no it's true it's true people in in that sense people don't have control over their choices they're just they're swayed by by an unknowable, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Consent-making apparatus that is beyond their capacity to understand. The manufactured truly, consent, yeah. Truly. Mm -hmm. Well. This is a cute picture that Will took of you, Sarah. Where? Yeah. On Twitter? You look so huh. sweet. Oh, cool. I'll have to look at that. Yeah, that. And, and and the caption is just Sarah Wilson. Wow. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to retweet it. That's sweet. In her natural environment. That's funny. I'm going to retweet yeah. it too. Worthwhile. Imagine if that's how we found you, Sarah. Do you, you think Sarah. Raisin Man should have a Twitter Aww. and an Instagram? Did it just for it? 
Hmm. I think it should have um uh a like a bank mm-hmm. account that we can expense stuff mm-hmm. to. Yeah. Yeah. When we do get lunches together and stuff. I like, like your thinking. I like your thinking. A house. Yeah. It should have a credit card, but it's not tied to any of our names. <laughs> Infinite totally. line of credit on the Raising Man credit card. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we just close it down when we're done. Yeah. Yeah, just put it just uh put it on the Raising Man account. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and we just tell him Raising Man's bankrupt, man. It, it was never going anywhere. Right? I like I that. I like yeah. that. Um, yeah, we show up in the Panama Papers. <laughs> mm. I think that we should uh, we should wrap it up. We're at an hour and a half, which is the longest yeah. of the show goes. Well, can I say one more thing about the Panama Papers? Um, was it you or someone else who was telling me about like they know? So- were you once talking to me about the Panama Papers, Felipe? Uh, no, but <laughs> now I'm thinking that what you're about to say is that they know someone who was in the Panama Papers. Someone who's connected, someone whose family was like part <sighs> of the Panama Papers. And someone was revealing this to me and was like, can you believe this? And I didn't know what the Panama Papers were. And I was just like, that's insane. <laughs> Whoa, that's insane. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. Wow. I've always wanted to be Whoa, in the Panama Papers. <laughs> <laughs> I just did an outsized reaction, and I still don't know. I know it's something, something said, not the misrepresentation of maybe wow, something. Wow! Wow! Even yeah. even in your in your looking for it, I don't think you said a single word that named any of what it was. It was a scandal. Yeah. Of, okay. Of international proportion, mm, and it yeah. and it happened in Panama. Lots of people got tricked. And people got their feelings hurt, <laughs> and in the end, uh, the truth came out. Is yep, so exactly. nice right now. <laughs> a lot of bad apples, and this guy's family was one of them. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, teaches you not to mess with fire. Exactly, and to try to tell the yep. truth when exactly. you can. Yeah. Well, I think that we've done a pretty good job today. Pretty good job. I- if you don't think so, I'm you know, let us know what you thought. I'm glad, Felipe. You don't think so? I want you to drop down and lick my ass. Raisin Man Arena. <laughs>